GOB with Christy and Kathy, where we talk about writing, reading, and life in between. I'm Christy in South Florida. And I'm Kathy in South Dakota. We're two newbie writers who share our love of food, wine, and crime fiction. We have interviews with best-selling and award-winning authors on our Corks and Conversation episodes. And this season, we are adding to the fun with POV episodes, where we explore topics in quick, informative episodes. Join us for today's episode. We recently sat down with one of our favorite authors, Lisa Unger, for yet another Corks and Conversation episode. So fun, Kathy. It was. She's just one of my favorite people. Um, And it was quintessential Lisa Unger. We had a great time together, lots of laughter, but just a lot of great insights into writing and creativity and craft. And it was great. I know. I know. She's just, yeah, for sure. For sure. (laughs) Mm -hmm. There was a lot of life (laughs) stuff there too. Um, And, you know, before we get to the actual question and answer part of this episode, let me just remind everyone who um, Lisa is and some of her accomplishments. Lisa Unger is a New York Times and internationally best-selling author of over 20 novels, including her latest novella, Christmas Presents, that we featured, and her upcoming release, The New Couple in 5B, which we're looking forward to in March of 2024. Mm-hmm. Um, with books published in 33 languages and millions of copies sold worldwide, she is regarded as a master of suspense. Um, she's been nominated or won just about every award there is in crime <laughs> fiction, not to mention she is going to be the guest of honor at SleuthFest 2024, which Kathy is our favorite conference, right? Very excited. Very much and it, so. Yes. And it'll be in St. Pete this year. Very exciting. So. After you listen to the episode, we know that you're going to want to listen to Lisa's other two Quirks and Conversation episodes, maybe over a glass of wine like us. Yes. Yes. I got my glass here. Cheers. <laughs> and let's get started. First question. Do you have a season or time of the year that you feel you write better? That's a good question. In my schedule, the way it's been, I feel like the new book starts sort of in the new year, what I'm writing. I mean, there's always like a little bit of an overlap. Like, for example, as we approach the release of my next book, which is The New Couple and 5B, I'm writing, I've started writing a book. Mm-hmm. I'm editing the book that will publish in 2025. And I'll be on the road promoting the a March 2024 book. So there's always like this very, and no matter how I try to avoid it, it doesn't ever, <laughs> I never can. There's always like this very crazy time where everything converges, you know, so like, and I have to be really intentional about my scheduling and stuff like that, about my creative work in the morning, whatever. But yeah, I would say definitely like if I can safeguard those first, you know, that first part of the year as just strictly creative, like that is my, that's, that's my preference. Okay. So we love reading Christmas stories during Christmas. What time of year were you really writing doing most of the writing for um, Christmas presents, which I have here. Um, And how did you evoke the feeling of Christmas while writing it? Well, yeah, I mean, so I actually was writing this book during 
the like sort of late fall season of last year. I turned it in um, right before Christmas, 2022. <laughs> 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 I'm trying, trying to get all the years straight. We're in 2023. Yeah. So I I probably turned it in right before the new year, right before the new year, right before, maybe right even before Christmas um, of 2022. And so I was working on it like sort of during that season. And so, you know, I mean, for me, you know, and, and this is probably just me, like Christmas always has a little bit of an edge to it. You know, I always, I perceive it, I perceive a darkness there that probably... <laughs> Oh, that does not fit with uh, the Hallmark movie theme. <laughs> no, it's definitely it's definitely not. But I, you know, for if anything that is too glittery or beautiful, you know, I'm always looking for the shadow because there's always mm -hmm. a shadow. And so when I I was actually asked to write a Christmas novella by Otto Penzler, who runs Mysterious Bookshop and Mysterious Press, and there is actually a tradition of mystery thrillers set at Christmas, some of them quite dark. And so I felt that I was, you know, that it would is something that I always wanted to do. So it was sort of, for me, it was like teasing out those glittery elements, like the lights and like, you know, Maddie wrapping presents in her store and, you know, Santa costumes and all that stuff. And so evoking that, the, all the kind of pretty frilly things, but also, you know, sort of excavating the darkness. Yeah, there was a, there was a pretty dark Santa in there. Bad there was. Santa. <laughs> <laughs> it's really good, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Your books are like comfort food to me. When I start a Lisa Unger book, I relax because I know I'm in for some good reading. I understand the characters. I like the words you use. I trust that you'll give me a story that surprises me in a believable way. Mm. Name an author whose books are like comfort food for you. Mm. Oh, there's so many great people. Um, so comfort food, you know, anything by, well, I mean, somebody who I kind of go back to again and again is Dennis Lehane. Mm. Um, you know, he, he has such a um, varied body of work. He has these like very intensely beautiful standalone novels, but also like a very riveting series that he wrote early on. And I just think line for line, everything that he writes is just beautiful. Mm -hmm. Kate Atkinson is another one. Her Jackson Brody books and her other, I guess, bigger, maybe more standalone-ish type books. They're all like, she's definitely an author that, you know, you know, when you open the book, there's going to be something, there's going to be something amazing there. And also like, you know, there are just certain, certain things about those two writers that always evoke for me that reader joy that's why we write most writers you know because once upon a time we opened a book and we were just transported right we fell in love with story and with character and with language and then as a professional writer you know you do 
tend to lose that a little bit, you know, cause you read so much, mm-hmm. you know, and a lot of times you find yourself like sort of studying when you're reading, like mm-hmm. how did, how did they do this or, you know, whatever. And so when you can lose yourself in, t- in a book, you know, just really like sort of connect with that reader joy. That's an indication that you're kind of in the presence of a master. Well, then you're a master because that's exactly what I told Kathy like (laughs) this weekend. I opened the book and I was like, I started reading the first few pages. I'm like, it's just nice to read this. I, Uh you know, because we read a lot too, you know, and sometimes it's not what I want or it's, you know, (laughs) and I was just like, I'm in for a good weekend. I I don't have to force myself. I don't have to. (laughs) I love that. Thank you. Sure. What are some of your reading habits? I'm just like a literary omnivore. I read constantly. You know, I read, I always have like multiple books going at a time. I read wildly across, you know, all different kinds of, of work. You know, like I read all kinds of fiction, nonfiction. I like science texts. I like anything that teaches me something, anything that can inform my fiction. Um, So I just, I read constantly. I read, sometimes I read first thing in the morning, you know, it might just be my stuff that I'm reading, you know, to get into, Mm -hmm. you know, what I'm, what I was, what I wrote last night or yesterday and like, just to get into that zone. Sometimes I pick up something else that I'm reading just to get myself into that headspace of, you know, storytelling or, or even just if I'm in the middle of research, researching something i'm just thinking about my weird pile of books behind me i have like a, <laughs> I, have a, I have a book on you know there's like a book about poison like different kinds of poison and then i have <laughs> other this other book this is called interesting stories about curious words by Susie dent and it's kind of mm-hmm. like it's etymology but like it's about like all the stories behind different phrases and stuff and how they came about so like i'm such a word nerd like anything yeah. like that is, is really gonna is gonna just make me super happy my friend gave it to me she's like i've been carrying this around for you i you're the only other person i know who wants to read this book i'm like oh my god <laughs> um, <laughs> So That's I, awesome. um, yeah, so, I mean, I just kind of read all the time. Like I, and, and, mm-hmm. and recently, because I've been trying to break up with my uh, phone, with my iPhone, which is like <laughs> you know, bane of my kids, basically, I'm trying to always have, I, I, you know, I always did this anyway, but sometimes I would like read on my phone even like, you know, cause I have all the apps on my phone. So sometimes it's just easy, but like, instead of doing that, like just trying to always have the book, you know, the book that I want to read with me yeah. so yeah. that instead of pick up the phone, I pick up an actual physical book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So all the time, like nooks and crannies. Yeah you know, an hour, sometimes longer, sometimes two minutes, sometimes five minutes. Sometimes you just like, you know, read something, scribble down a note. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm also reading weirdly Robinson Crusoe right now. (laughs) Yeah. I wound up going back to it. Yeah. I've been going back to a lot of things. Like I uh, just reread a room of one's own by Virginia Woolf. One of my favorites. I can't, I can't even. Yeah. Now you're making yeah. me want to reread that because it, I loved it, but I haven't touched it. And in... yeah, you probably you probably read it when you were like in college or mm-hmm. younger. And, like if you go back to it now and read oh. it again, either one, Robinson Crusoe or 
A Room of One's Own by Virginia Woolf is, it's very, very moving. It's like, for me, it was formative, not just as a writer, but as a thinker and a feminist and whatnot. And to read it now in my 50s versus when I first read it in my 20s, it's very illuminating. And I also read it, reread it around the same time that I watched the Ruth Bader Ginsburg uh, documentary, um, which if you haven't seen it, is absolutely brilliant. So to to read those two things and to see how little things have changed from 1929 to 1957 to 2004. Yeah, that is true. It's a little, it's, it's a little shock. It's shock. It's a little shocking. And yet things have changed. So anyway, that's the kind of, that conversation that we just had, that's the kind of reader I am. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, Lisa, I have done something kind of unusual. My husband is an eye doctor and I, you know, do all the things. And yeah. I made a lending library in our waiting room. Oh, nice. And I, it it's so cool to That's see brilliant. how many people pick up, put down their phone and pick up a book. But it's interesting because I have them on a shelf kind of by the beverage center. Yeah. And people do stop when they are getting a coffee. But then I moved piles of books over to the actual by the chairs on end tables. Yeah. And, it, and I kind of rotate them all the time. It's like my fantasy of being a librarian. I think I'm yeah, kind of there trying you to go. live that out. It's like you're running your own like little free library. Yeah. Yeah, it um, is. It's like my big fantasy. Like I want a little free oh. library so bad. My husband won't let me have one. He's like, no. you don't need another project. Right, <laughs> right. No. Maybe not- later. Yeah, yeah. But it's really cool to see how many people put down their phone and, and do start looking at books, especially exactly. when, you know, placement is huge. And like they always say, you know, when our mm-hmm. kids were little, having books out and available is almost as important as actually reading to them. So true. But I, I can tell you the newest arrival in the lending library will be Lisa Unger's Christmas Oh, yes. There's a way to segue back. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Um, you have a strong work writing ethic and have advised mm. writers to write every day. Do you really write every day? You know, I really do. And if I don't, I'm not, a, I'm, I'm a less happy person. I, I <laughs> so I have, you know, I have given this advice a lot over my, over my career and it's not, and, and writing every day doesn't mean necessarily what you, what you think it means. Right. So for me, my golden creative hours are 5am to noon. That is my space, right? Like where I am at my most creative. Of course, I'm also a mom. So you don't always get the space that is your, that, you know, you have claimed as your own. But for me, when, you know, my daughter, who's about to turn 18, all her life, you know, those have been the hours that have been available to me. And so what I always tell my aspiring writers is that you find your space, whatever that's, whatever that space is. So your my space is in the early morning. I have plenty of friends who can't write until everyone's in bed. Right. So they're night, they're night owls. Right. I'm a more, I'm a morning person. You know, I have had people who are like, okay, I have a full-time job and I have kids, but I can write from 4am to 6am. Right. Like you, you find your, or I, I can write during my lunch hour, I can take 45 minutes and work on my book. Right. So what I, what I'm saying is when I say write every day, I don't mean like quit your day job and set up shop somewhere in an office and write, write every day. I mean, 
be in that, try to find a space, a creative space for yourself every day, because you can write a novel in, in a, in a really compressed amount of time over, over time, but you have to be in that headspace every day. And also the other idea is that, oh, I'm only going to write when I'm inspired mm. or well, I need the muse to come or I need like a unicorn and fairy dust and like <laughs> whatever, like a special airy in the clouds where mm. I can create, right? But like, <laughs> for most of us, that that's not realistic. But what is realistic is that when you set the schedule and you honor the schedule and you make space for your brain to be creative every day, even if it's just 45 minutes, even if it's 15 minutes, if it's you're lucky, if it's three hours, whatever it is, you will be amazed amazed at how often inspiration meets you in the time that you have carved out for yourself. So it's like anything else that you want, that you want to do anything else that's important to you. If you wanted to get in shape and you were going to pay a trainer $90 an hour, right. You'd show up for that appointment. Mm -hmm. You wouldn't miss it. And then right. you wouldn't like Facebook stalking your ex while you're trying <laughs> to do your sit-ups or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so that's more the truth of what I mean when I say write every day. Yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. find your space, be in that space, whatever that space is, touch that thing that you're working on every day, think about it every day, and you'll be amazed within a year, you'll, you'll have a book. Consistency. Amazing. Mm -hmm. uh, sure. Yeah. Um, you had mentioned that there are a lot of, a big tradition of dark Christmas mysteries and thrillers. Do you have some yeah. favorite um, Christmas? Christmas stories, whether it be books or movies? Yeah. I mean, I, a, the Christmas, a Christmas Carol, it's not really a mystery, but I mean, it's definitely like an iconic, uh, story of the, the layers of Christmas, right. You know, and there, there's a, a little bit of a mystery at the heart of that. Well, there's a little bit of a mystery at the heart of every every great story right yeah that's true <laughs> i think but there's also ghosts um, you know, in this one too so yeah and ghosts and you know <laughs> and regret and hope mm -hmm. and redemption and all, all the elements of a great story so that's definitely one i went through a um a collection of pd james short stories wow. when i was initially thinking about writing um uh christmas Devella, and i found some really you know interesting gems in her uh collection of short christmas stories and you know then of course there's the perennial christmas movie die hard <laughs> yes that is accurate <laughs> yep you've written over 20 novels and have many awards and bestsellers along the way was there a pivotal book, award, or event that you can point to that propelled the success of your career? Hmm. Interesting. You know, I kind of see my career as like, you know, a kind of a kind of a slow build. You know, I, I started really small. My first books were published by St. Martin's. And they were published under my under my maiden name, Lisa Michonne. They've since been republished under Lisa Unger. And I I had never wanted to do anything 
but right in my life. You know, like it was my number one thing that I wanted. And so to get my first book published in any capacity was for me like an absolute dream come true. So I started off pretty small and I published, you know, four books with St. Martin's. And then in between the second and third book in that series, I had this idea. I, I went to my mailbox and there was a flyer in the mail and it had the picture, uh, like an ad on one side and the picture of an age graduated picture of a girl on the other side. Oh. And I had this thought, what if I looked at this and recognized myself? And that was the seed for beautiful lies, which I wrote between the third and the fourth book, contracted books for St. Martin. And so when I turned that book in to St. Martin's, they, they didn't want it. Hmm. My editor said, well, we want you to keep writing your series. I was like, yeah, I want to do that too. But I also wrote this and she, you know, didn't want it. She didn't want it. My Hmm. agent at the time was like, well, she's like, it's special. We're going to find it. We're going to find a special place for it. And I said, okay um great <laughs> i mean what that's that not a mean? good day you know yeah. when your editor yeah. doesn't want your book so <laughs> so but you know your publisher has right of first refusal right which means that they have the right to turn down your next book before anybody else so um she you know she did take it out and that book went to uh went to, went to random house And I wrote my next book in the series for St. Martin's. And then a year later, that book came out from Random House. And it was my first New York Times bestseller. Um, And it was published under, yes. And it was published under my married name, Lisa Unger. So it was like a, and, and it was a quantum leap forward. But it was also, for me, it was it came from a different, it came from a different place, right? Like that book came from, you know, it was a, it was a, um, a leap for me as a writer. It was my evolution as a writer after writing three books and learning what you learn every single time you write a book, Mm -hmm. right? When I wrote that book, I was a better writer than I was when I started my first book, Angel Fire at 19, when I was still in college. So I was a better writer when I wrote that book. And I feel like every, every, every book that has, you know, done better or taken me to another level, it's always started with the writing. Mm -hmm. It's always 100% about what I bring to the page. I mean, sure. There's a marketing and, you know, publishing machine. Yes, of course. I don't like diminish that. I'm a, you know, I, I have always been published by big publishing companies. So yeah, that's, you know, that's a thing. But, you know, for me, I know that, you know, what I control is what I bring to the page. And I've always felt when I have reached another level in my writing or I've gone to a different place. Um, and I feel like it's always been the writing of the book that has been the moment where things changed or things grew, right? So I don't know that it's necessarily any one bestseller list or any one award, even though all those things are awesome and amazing. Um, I think, I think, and I hope that it all sort of springs from, from the work, from what I do on the page alone. Right. You can't control anything else. You control that. You can't control anything. Uh You control nothing. You only control what you bring to the page. 
you only control that you do your best work there, that you are the most present when you're at the keyboard. You know, you mm -hmm. can do all your due diligence. You can do all the other stuff because that, you know, there are new opportunities now with social media and whatnot. You can do all that due diligence and it doesn't, it's, it's not a bad thing as long as it doesn't keep you from always trying to be a better writer every day. My question is, how excited are you to be the guest of honor at SleuthFest 2024? <laughs> I am beyond. <laughs> I am beyond excited. I cannot like how, wait. How long does it take you to get to the hotel from where you live? <laughs> like, 25, like 25 minutes. <laughs> how wonderful is that? That's, oh is God. that why you're excited? Yeah, I am really excited. I mean, I'm so happy that they came, that they moved it to St. Pete. Uh -huh. I mean, yeah. that is great. That is great. And I have been to Sluice Fest many times over the years. And, you know, it's always like, just, it always feels like a home hometown conference so it's great and i hope they keep it in st pete you know i don't know yeah if well, I, th I don't know uh, um i think the idea was to try different places like two years yeah. two years two years mm -hmm. i'm excited because i've never yeah. been to st pete so this is my first opportunity oh. to go to st pete all right well that's great this concludes the question the q a thanks for joining us for today's episode Subscribe to our podcast on our website, gameofbookspodcast.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you liked what you heard, you can give us a five-star rating or review. You can also subscribe on YouTube where you can watch and listen. On gameofbookspodcast.com, you can find all the information about what we talked about on this episode. And you can sign up for our newsletter and enter our fun contests and giveaways. We also post our stories and links on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Hope to see you there. I can guarantee you that we had fun today. And we hope you did too. Cheers.